You're listening to the Mildly Controversial Podcast. My name's Mike and this is Baz. Say hello, Baz. Hello, Baz. Don't forget to like, subscribe and share. If you enjoy this, share it with your friends. If you don't like it, share it with people you hate. Coming up on this week's show. And I met Jack there and I thought, oh, he's a YouTuber. He's not really going to be interested in me. So I just thought I'd just tell him about my testicles. <laughs> you could tell me like the Beatles had reformed and they were playing a gig in my home city of Norwich. So I'd be like... Which venue? Because I'm not. I'm not. The queue at the bar at UEA is always too long. And I felt a bit weird. Like we got our, our itinerary through, and it would say artist hotel, crew hotel. Yeah. I was like, hard. Oh, this this isn't the socialist utopia I, I I dreamed of. I mean, not enough for me to kick up a fuss. Yeah. <laughs> not enough for me to get out of the Premier Inn, I'll tell you that. All I'm saying is, thank God this camera is only framed above the waist. <laughs> oh, we're all set here naked from the waist down, trust me. <laughs> okay, oh, good, good, good. And nobody can see any of our hands either. So, no, exactly. Right. So, so there we go. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, because... <laughs> And welcome to the Mildly Controversial Podcast. On this episode, we have a special guest that I'm really excited uh, to have join us on uh, on the podcast this week. But I do need to, cards on the table, I do need to say that I am really nervous about this one. Um, I don't usually get nervous when we do this because I don't really care enough. Um, but... Um, and, and look, um, we've, uh, we've met... Um, oh, uh, Robbie Knox is the guest. I'll introduce him properly later. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, we've met a couple of times in person. We've played poker online, and you know, I, I think I think I know you well enough to know that this is going to go well. But the reason I'm nervous is because um, Robbie is a co-host of the biggest UK podcast on Spotify. So, I mean, technically, uh, they they then signed since that stat was vaguely accurate. They've now signed. Um, Parenting Hell, Rob Beckett, and Josh Whittacombe's podcast, and now that's, nah. that thrashes us. But so that, one does, that one doesn't count. Um, doesn't it? Well, not, not, for my, not, not in my eyes, Robbie. You're still there. You're still Play there. On, All right. You're only the, if you're only the second biggest UK podcast on Spotify, frankly, I think we're done. Um, and like, there, there's no point talking to you anymore, is there? You know? I do, no, no, no less treatment than I deserve. <laughs> and, in, and in fairness, those guys aren't podcasters. Let's be clear. Yeah, they're cheating a bit by yeah. being like famous and funny. being actually famous first <laughs> and actually humorous. Jumping on the podcast bandwagon. That's what they're doing. Exactly. Well, yeah. Not not grafters like us, Baz. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I am nervous because you are a co-host on such a massive podcast on Spotify. Because um, I was thinking about it um, earlier today, and I was like, it's a little bit like asking Ed Sheeran to watch you do karaoke. <laughs> I mean, you know if, I mean, if it's any consolation, I have done, if it's any help, I have been on many podcasts far worse than this. I tended, during lockdown, I had a policy of saying yes to absolutely anything where I didn't have to leave my house. Because... <laughs> Because I've got three kids and my wife was working, I was doing the childcare, so it meant I could just sit in a room and talk to other human beings for a while. <laughs> and some were great, some were I'm not gonna name which or which, but this already is is by far in the in, towards the top end. Right, stop the podcast oh. now, turn it off, let's go. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Let, let's stop now while we're ahead, because otherwise they're like things could go uh, things could go south from there. So 
So yeah, uh, look, let's uh, let's start with the the, the Happy Hour podcast. Um, mm. You've been doing that for is it about four years? You've been on it now. Uh, I'm trying to think. It was going. It's been going on for a while before me. I pr- I think I was properly on it during the pandemic at some point. So probably maybe two or three three years. Maybe I've been I've been doing it. Actually, I was doing I was doing a thing called Happy Half Hour with it was just me and Jack talking about different things from life. Um, mm. Almost like as, 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 as a sort of elderly Yoda figure, educating <laughs> him. Um, and then that sort of, when they signed to Spotify, that didn't really fit in with the structure of episodes they had. So he just said, mm. come and join the main show. So I just, yeah, originally I was a guest on it and then I just sort of didn't leave. <laughs> generally, generally, what I found is whenever I'm on a podcast, I either get asked to come stay on a host or... It's the last ever episode of the podcast for some reason. So, oh shit! Um, so yeah, do, do, do you want to be host? <laughs> Quite possibly. We'll see. I've got a lot of free time. I only need to offer. That's all I need to do for it not to be the uh, the for kiss the of death. And yeah, exactly. So for for it not to ruin our podcast after after two years of uh, of plugging away. Yeah, it has become a sort of joke. That I've been on a podcast and then they never upload another episode, which is either. I've been so good. They've gone, well, what? we're not going to better that. <laughs> or they've gone, I can't do this again. I cannot do this again. I don't know which one it is. It's probably but the latter. It, it, either way, it's been great while it lasted, hasn't it, Baz? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's been a good couple of years. It's kept us sane. A couple of old men. Um, I say kept us sane. It's probably driven us a little bit insane, but uh, <laughs> well, not to be real. So, yeah, you, you said that you were, um, you were first a guest on... Um, I mean... Some some would say um, that had it not been for a story about your testicle operation, you never would have uh, made it through um, to become co-host. Well, yeah, and that's the first thing I ever told Jack the first day I met him. Um, <laughs> I was, it's a long story of how I met him, but essentially, the the I I was on a Chinese cooking show for. Uh, there's a long backstory to it. But I was on a Chinese <laughs> cooking show, and it was me and this girl who was a blogger we were like a team of bloggers and there's a team of comedians and a team of youtubers and jack and this uh, lovely lady called helen anderson were the two youtubers uh and we um and i met jack there and i thought oh he's a youtuber he's not really going to be interested in me so i just thought i'll just tell him about my testicles <laughs> <laughs> not, not just in, not just generally about them I had an operation. and another thing about my testicles exactly exactly yeah <laughs> If you want to know the story about the testicles, by the way, if you search Happy Hour Robbie Knox testicles onto YouTube, guaranteed it'll come up. It'll pop up, yeah. There's not that, I don't think there's match competition on the search engine for that. <laughs> you don't have to work too hard on the SEO to get that. <laughs> That's it. Page three of a yeah. Google search with those with those terms. Yeah. That's the uh, that's that's how far you have to go down. Past yeah, all you the- get but, but, this... past, past all the people who are trying to advertise competition for that sort of stuff. Yeah, and you'll get yeah. like Robin, the former sailor Robin Knox Johnson telling his, <laughs> his testicle story. It's very Things close like on. that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, um, like I so say, you you're, you're regularly on uh, the Happy Hour podcast, but I've noticed that you don't seem to get invited when they've got a guest on. I d- occasionally I do, if there's a guest. Um, that they've had on a lot. But really, you don't need three people to interview someone. Like, mm. it's just too hard. And it means you either 
don't say anything and then there's no point you being there or you have to sort of fight to say something and then that's sort of detracting from what people want, which is the stuff from the mm. guests. So you kind of don't need them. So really, I tend to only do them if Stevie's not around or if there's someone that I particularly know, like we had Ian Holloway on a while ago and mm. I've met a lot from Soccer AM. So I um, I was on that one. And and then occasionally, if it's a new, if it's someone that's been on loads and they want to mix it up a bit, do that, yeah. Well, I mean, admittedly, I rarely say anything. I just sit here. <laughs> yeah, but you look yeah. full bows, don't you? you look that's cool. it. That's Bows, your role. Bows is just the, uh, the the eye candy. Yeah, um, the the elder statesman eye candy in the corner there. That's the. It's working. Uh, that, it's working. It is, isn't it? It's, it's quite distracting at times. Sometimes I have to t- t- turn his image off um, on the on the screen so I don't keep getting drawn towards his uh, his sartorial elegance. All I'm saying is, thank God this camera is only framed above the waist. <laughs> Oh, we're all sat here naked from the waist down, trust me. <laughs> okay, okay, good, good, good. And nobody can see any of our hands either. So, <laughs> exactly. Right. So, so there we go. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, when you were saying about that, I did notice that um, uh, the Happy Hour, they've just moved to like a brand new um, brand new studio, like yeah. purpose-built studio yeah. and stuff. And I did notice there was two seats on one side and one seat on the other. And I was just like, that's definitely just saying we don't need you when we've got a guest, Robbie. Yeah, there are there are four seats, but there are literally only four seats in the entire studio because it, not everything's been perfect. You know, you've got to set it into a place, which means that the producer... Uh, Fiona has nowhere to has has to stand during the <laughs> podcast if there are four people there. So that's something that has to be ironed out. But yeah, there in theory, in theory, it can take I think up to six people. I think was the was all right the theory, but yeah, I can't imagine when that's going to happen. But it that look, it it, it is uh, it is a brilliant um, and obviously very successful uh, self successful podcast, which translated into a tour. Now let's talk yeah. about the tour. <laughs> Well, you, I mean, you guys kindly came along. We did. Um, some of us are committed enough to come to two. I would but, have done, know. but I was busy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, the um, so how how was that for you? Uh, it was great. Yeah, I mean, we we essentially we didn't know anything about doing a tour. Jack's always wanted to be a stand up comedian, but I think he's a bit nervous of doing it, as I would be because I don't like. I mm. would want. I just, I just wouldn't want to do it. It's not something that interests me at all. But he's always been a bit nervous of it. I think of doing it. And so doing a tour was a sort of step up. A happy hour tour will be like a a sort of the closer we're going to come to that for now or a step in if he does decide to go on to it. Um, And and he wanted to do it, Steve wanted to do it. And we'd done a test show in Norwich in a place called The Waterfront, uh, which was in front of 100 people in April last year. And we thought, and the guys had said they wanted to do a tour, but they're not always the best at doing stuff. Whereas I'm, I've got a background in production. I'm quite good at getting things done. Mm. So I just said, do you want me, I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but do you want me to just sort this out? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just, so I've, I've, I've asked a few people who, who work in sort of entertainment and stuff, I said, who's the best sort of comedy promoters? And everyone kept saying this company, Phil McIntyre, mm. live, Phil McIntyre Entertainment. Um, and so I, I got someone to do the introduction um, and I went, I went in for a meeting with a guy called Paul Roberts, who is um, one of the sort of head honchos there. And 
I said, we want to go on tour. We don't really know anything about anything. So mm. feel free to tell me to get out. But can we? And he went, yeah. And, and he said, what sort of scale do you want to do? I said, I don't, I don't know anything. We don't, we don't have a clue. We don't know what's realistic or feasible. He said, yeah, I probably wouldn't start with arenas. <laughs> <I'm> like, no, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't start with arenas. I'd probably start, <laughs> well, start, with, start with car parks. We'll, we'll leave Etihad till later on. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, and then and then we did. Um, tw- we originally put twelve dates on sale. Shepherd's Bush Empire sold out in like twenty five minutes. So we had a second date there, and people in Manchester moaned that we weren't going to the northwest. So we put one on for them, um, and then we uh, at the end of that we wanted to do more. So and everyone seemed to be enjoying it. So we put on some more. Um, which didn't sell as well, <laughs> but was still fun. Don't, don't you love it when you announce a tour and you and you put the, uh, the the dates up, and you you get a whole flow of people. Oh, you're not coming to Liverpool then? Why are you not coming to so and so? It's the first yeah, thing it's very it? it's very specific as well to their hometown. Like it's like people saying you're not coming to Northwest. I get that. Fair enough. Mm. That should have that should be done. Wasn't as we booked the dates, but yeah, that that does make a hundred percent sense. But people are going. Oh, why aren't you going to Luton when you go to Watford or something like that? <laughs> You're down the road, mate. I mean, you can play half an hour away. Get in your car. Exactly. That's, that's like ringing up Spurs as a Spurs fan and going, is there any chance you can come and do it in my back garden? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I have to come to you. Fucking yeah, yeah, hell. Yeah. Why is it always on me? Exactly, exactly. But I get it. Now, as I got older, when I was younger, I used to go like two or three gigs a week in London where I lived there. I was doing stuff all the time. But now... For me to travel to something, it would have to be incredible. Yeah. Mm. Like, you could tell me, like, the Beatles had reformed and they were playing a gig in my home city of Norwich. I'd be like, which venue? Because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, the queue at the bar at UEA is always too long. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to get there early. So I don't want to have a bad place even from the back. I'd go, I'd go watch the art center, but not, not Well, yeah. Like, like you say, we, um, we came along um, with your brother. Um, yeah, to Cambridge. To, uh, to Cambridge, um, and um, people who uh, listen and watch, uh, listen to and watch the podcast will know your brother very well because he's been on our podcast lots of times. Yeah, um, Laurie Knox, and that and that just kind of that, that's something that really messed with my head because I mean we'll we'll speak about Soccer AM later, but um, I'm aware of your work through Soccer AM because I was a massive Soccer AM fan, um, and um, and obviously met with, since we have met. Um, Laurie through TikTok and become good friends with Laurie. Um, and it was a good while into becoming friends with Laurie that I made the connection between the two of you. And it just it just blew my little mind. Yeah, no one really seems to know. know. Not that you would, because you've just got the same surname. But it's like after a while, people go, like, oh, wow, I know your brother. He's, if I mention him, they go, oh, that the TikTok teacher guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, he's it's, it's he's doing so well, man. He's smashing it. Yeah, well, it's funny because if uh, if you speak to people who are on TikTok, they'll say, "Have you heard of Robbie Knox?" No, he's Laurie Knox's brother. Yeah. Whereas if yeah. you t- speak to people on YouTube, it's like, "Have you heard of Laurie Knox?" Not really. Oh, he's Robbie Knox's brother. So it's it's nice that you've got uh, you, you, you're big on different ones, and there's no uh, there's no sibling rivalry. I think. Yeah, it's it's I'm I'm I've historically been specific. Like for brief periods of time, being famous in very specific groups of people. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like like young male football fans yeah. at Soccer mm. AM for a bit, and that was that that sort of spread a bit wider or something. And now it's basically 
people who listen to an obscure podcast who are between the ages normally about 18 and 23 sort of thing. So it's 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 very specific, which is why it was weird doing the tour because you got all those people in one place where everyone knew who you were, whereas normally I might go out and bump into one person who comes up and asks for a photo or something. <laughs> See, I, I was going to say to you to, to, to about that because um, obviously you've, you know, you've got a, a successful YouTube channel. You, you do the one of the most successful podcasts in the country. You uh, formerly of Soccer AM, and I will talk about that, obviously, um, in more detail later. But um, one of the questions I've got for you is that you must – uh, you must get recognised <coughs> out yeah. and about in the out in the, you know how often does that happen and um, is it an even spread of people who recognise you from different parts of your life or is it mainly people who recognise you from one or the other? It kind of depends on where you go. Like it's it's quite rare now. Someone will say, "Oh, soccer AM," unless they know me from YouTube or something like that. It's very much. It's like occasions when we go, oh, "Soccer, what, what do you do these days?" And I'll say, "I do YouTube this podcast," but it's quite rare. Um, more so if I grow a beard, then I had a beard when I was on soccer, so that's a bit easier mm. for people, I guess. Uh, but okay, it occasionally happens. Um, how often does it happen? It sort of depends where you go as well. And that was the same when I was at Soccer AM. Like if, if I went to um, a Kasabian or Oasis gig, it would be mm. constant because it's that sort of crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, generally, I, I reckon if I spend a day walking around Norwich, I get one person come up to me if I'm out in a pub or a bar, probably a few more of an evening. Sort of, a young person, but it depends where you go, doesn't it? It's, <laughs> it's weird. When we had, when we were doing soccer, and we had um, Gavin Henson who was going out with Charlotte Church, if you remember, yeah. rugby player. Yeah, and it was just when he started getting, he'd just become famous. I mean, he was obviously famous in rugby circles, but properly famous because he started going with her. And we went, I went for drinks with him afterwards, and. We went for drinks down by the river in Richmond in the afternoon. And then we went into all these like fancy London clubs, and we were travelling between them. And the paparazzi following him everywhere he went on bikes and stuff like that. And that was weird because there weren't any paparazzi at the pub in Richmond. It's only at the place if you go to certain places, then things happen. Sort of there, sort of things. I think it's the same with the sort of people being recognised. You, everyone's pretty nice. I mean, it's not. I think it's different if you're someone who's controversial or even if you're more mainstream because people who people are going to see your stuff who don't want to like mm. if you're on bbc i think there's going to be people who just turn on bbc see and see your stuff and whereas i'm a bit more obscure you've got to search me out <laughs> you've got to find you you've got to yeah. want to see you haven't you exactly but yeah so it's a but i mean you've uh, you've mentioned the murderers in norwich you must be like you must get mobbed in there surely do, get, do you get do you get people who go there looking for you and Jack because you've mentioned that you go to the murderers? In yeah, Norwich. yeah, and and I find that's a bit embarrassing if I'm just in the murderers like during the day sometimes because sometimes I go in there to meet someone or I'll just go in and have a bit of lunch or something like that. I mean, yeah, quite a bit. But I've not I've not been in there for I've not been in there from since before the tour, the last like of the tour. So I've not been there for like two months at this stage. But generally, I've been there quite a bit, particularly when we're planning the tour and that. And I find it a bit embarrassing when someone comes and goes. Oh, I just came in here wondering if you were would be here, and you are. Well, yeah, it doesn't look great. And there was one, there was one day. Do, where, do you then, do you then go? I do go to other places as well. No, I'm not just, in here all the time, every day. I quite like the 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 myth mystique of it. But there was one, there was one day where I'd been I'd been to a Norwich game with my kids, and 
on football days, you can't take the kids into the main bit. You have to go to the side bit of the pub. And Jack was there, but he was meeting some friends who were in the main bit. And some big group of lads, like nine of them, they'd been on a stag do something. They, were, they went, oh, we just came in to see whether you'd be here. And you are. And they, were <laughs> and they went jokingly. They went to him like, where's Robbie? And they went, oh, he's around the corner the other bit. Like, <laughs> and that makes me laugh so much. Because it's like, not only do we go to the murderers a lot, you know, but we are... At the murderers, but sat in completely separate areas. <laughs> I, I think that looks, must look so great. I just... love that. It's a, look, we, we, we like to spread ourselves out. Otherwise, if we congregate, like, it just gets too busy with people <laughs> wanting to come and see us. So yeah, we I need like to just... spread it out a bit and make different parts of the pub just as busy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Did, uh, did, did, I wanted to ask you about the tour, because obviously this is where mm. I met you. Um, you guys have been quite sensible. Uh, I don't know you were quite a few dates in, because... Um, for my, for me and Mike, and obviously um, your brother as well, it was our sort of one night out, so we were sort of like going for it a little bit more. It was, I was, uh, I was quite pleased that you guys were sort of like keeping it in check a little bit, and you weren't sort of like because how many how many dates did you do in the end on the full tour? The first leg in total thirty one. That's a lot of days, um, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is a lot, and I'm forty six, and it, it. I think the other two would would get on it a bit more. Um, whereas I kind of, there were the odd exception, but generally I wouldn't drink if I had a show the next day. I wouldn't drink before the show. If I, if we had a day off the next day, I would drink from the second half onwards. <laughs> um, because then you get that little bit of relaxed thing where we do a song at the end. Mm. Um, but I, but it was interesting doing this thing. And particularly we had a tour manager on the first day called John, who I think you guys might have met. Yeah. yeah. Lovely guy. Really experienced. He's toured with everyone. He's, he's, Sort of legend of the touring game, and we were from the beginning. We were like, we had nowhere how to do anything. Like, mm. so just don't, don't be afraid to just say do this because we don't have a clue what we're doing. So um, he was very good at sort of guiding us. John was telling us that it's just, everything is sort of focused on you guys because if I felt a bit weird, like we got our, our itinerary through, and it would say artist hotel, crew hotel. Yep. I was like, oh, this this isn't the socialist utopia I, <laughs> I, I dreamed of. I mean, not enough for me to kick up a fuss. Yeah. <laughs> not enough for me to get out of the Premier Inn, I'll tell you that. Um, but, um, but we, um, and sometimes we were in the same hotels, it just, it just varied. But but I was sort of saying this to, to John, I was like, it's a bit weird, because everything was like, we want to leave at this time, and everyone else would have to leave at the same time. And they're saying, the thing is, there are, across this... This tour, there are hundreds of people that are only working on this because you guys are doing this show. Mm. So the most important thing is that at 7.30 p.m. when you go on stage, you're in the best possible situation for it. And I sort of thought, okay, well, for me, I don't have a lot of control over other things, but I can make sure that I am in the best possible position, which means I've turned up on time to sound check. I've... I know what I'm doing. I've written any bits that I need to for that show. I've had as much sleep as I can, and I'm not I'm not hungover, essentially. So that was sort of the thinking behind that. And we had we had Lloyd Griffith, who, if you know a comedian, um, yes. he he is um, a friend of mine, and he was telling us beforehand, giving us advice on going on tour, and he said, "Don't drink beforehand." And when we did our test one, we'd all drunk beforehand, and and the other two still did occasionally drink beforehand but he, he said he said why why do you want it beforehand and jackson would well, to like, loosen ourselves up because it's not it's not real it makes you forget things and it makes you less on your stuff because the 
if you can name me another job where you would advise someone to drink before doing it, then I'll believe you. Because you, if you're having heart surgery, you don't get the guy have a couple of pints to loosen up before you do it. It's just, quite a stressful thing. You might want to have a couple of whiskeys yeah, first. Exactly. So there's, there's no, there's no other job where you do it. And I, I, I read to that heart. I thought, do you know what? There's not. There's not. And, it, and, it's, and it's absolutely true. And there was a day um, on the second leg where I had a pint, and I, and I don't think I was as good because of it, sort of thing. And so, so yeah, that, that was another part of it. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, but but we did, um, we did, we were very grateful that we uh, we ended up in a hotel bar afterwards um, after Cambridge, and we um, yeah, I just sort of like it was ju- it was just really nice because um, there'll be a lot of people who um, who know of the Happy Hour podcast and know of um, Jack and yourself, uh, uh, Stevie and Alfie, yeah. um, and it's um, it's. One thing I found is because I'm older than I mean similar sort of age to you, but I'm older than uh, the, the other lads. What really, really nice lads they are! They're lovely. You know what I, mean? I mean, I wouldn't be doing it if they weren't. I mean, it's, it's they are. We get on so well. I mean, to do 31 dates around the country and not have a single argument about mm. anything, I think is is pretty good. There's bits where I'd, I'd go and I'm going to go and sit in. Somewhere else for a bit, <laughs> but, yeah, mean, yeah. but like, as you would, as you need a little space every now and then. But yeah, they're they're absolutely lovely and exactly as they are on the podcast. I mean, you play mm. exaggerated characters of things, obviously, yeah. something, but they are, but yeah, they're, 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 they're fabulous. And so they, but I think because I only found out the next day that they'd bumped into you guys because I'd gone to bed because I'm a model pro. <laughs> I, bet they, I bet they were drinking then. I bet they were, they were, they were having a, little, a couple of slurps. You see, a uh, couple, yeah, a couple. Yeah. Still, yeah, yeah so, they, they still went to bed before we were ready to go. With they kind of sort of like we're going now and just left us. In they, the they, they were yeah. they, they were professional, but <laughs> no. But what I, re- I really appreciated with that is that um, and Jack. I mean, look, Jack has got a ludicrous number of YouTube followers, and he's built this uh, this this podcast. He could be forgiven to be a bit a little bit big time. You know what I mean? But there was none of that. Um, he was willing to chat to us about podcasts, and we, you know, we weren't like properly grilling him about podcasts and stuff. But I mean, he could quite easily just go, oh, I, "I don't really want to talk about podcasts." But we were just like picking his brains for a little thing, a few little things, and just like, like just chatting a, a little bit about that. And also, um, when I came to Belfast, um, I brought my, you know, uh, I brought my thirteen-year-old son. Uh, with yeah. Me. So there's a couple of things I want to say about that one. It's uh, firstly, um, a- a- again, you guys were brilliant. It's you know, uh, Jack Soros came over, had a chat. I said to you know, oh, he should be studying for his exams. He's got exams tomorrow. And Jack goes, oh, what exams have you got? And he was genuinely interested. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just, I know that sounds like a really small thing, but it's that's just a really like. My son will just remember that. And and when I was in Cambridge, I said, oh, do you mind doing a video? And we did this video where I mentioned that my son's on TikTok. Um, and he's got a really small account on TikTok, um, and Jack pretended to know who he was, and then Jack followed him on TikTok and still follows him on TikTok. Oh, nice. That is just, honestly, that is just, when you're a 13-year-old lad, that is just unreal, absolutely unreal, and I, I really appreciate talking about Belfast. Um, hmm. So we, we uh, me and my son, like, the first time uh, I came to see you in Cambridge, was a very different thing. I had to be up at two o'clock in the morning to get flights and things like that. So when you said you were coming to Belfast, I was like, that's brilliant. That's like two hours away from my house. 
I really appreciate uh, <laughs> coming so close to my house to do that one. So, um, bringing uh, bringing my thirty to thirteen year old son uh, backstage, and uh, and you know what thirteen year olds are like with YouTubers and things like that. They're like, <gasps> this is amazing. So he's trying to play it cool and all that kind of stuff. I took him away from studying for his for his exam. So I just got so many dad points. So I appreciate you uh, enabling that, but that's I do great. need to say that's yep. the good part of it. There was a bad part of it. Now, is it the content of the show? Because <laughs> it, it does say sixteen. It does say sixteen plus. No, 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 no. It, it, say, it says sixteen, but it also says under sixteens are allowed to come with uh, yeah. with the parent, right? And so I knew, obviously, having been there at Cambridge, I knew that. But there is one thing: is that um, um, am I right in thinking that you wrote the song for the finale? Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, what happened with that is that like um, we've been through this on the podcast, but I don't do forced fun. I, I call it forced fun. So it's like, right, everybody, on your feet, clap your hands, sing to these words. I don't do that. But in support of my new mates, um, I'd met them twice, so they're officially mates. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah, that is how it works. So um, I thought, I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to be spotted sitting there just being my normal, miserable self in a situation like that. So the finale of the show uh, no spoilers cuz there's no more shows so um is um that they they sing a song about Stevie who is um again is a really nice guy and he's one of the main uh, main uh, presenters on the on the podcast um so we're so this and he's like right everybody on your feet and it's like right so I'm stood there I'm clapping feeling quite uncomfortable not quite as uncomfortable as the moment where in front of my 13-year-old son, in carrying on singing this song with gusto, I had to sing the word wank 23 <laughs> times every chorus. I've never counted them, so I'll take you. Oh, take I counted, word, Robbie. I yeah. counted. <laughs> you could have just stood up and swayed a little bit or something. No, I was fully committed. committed. Well, the that. thing is, I, I was committed. I was so committed to singing because I wanted him to sing and I want everyone to join in. And I was kind of like, Wanted to, you know, like when you're at a football match, you want other people around you to join in. So yeah. I did it. I did it for that. But it got to a point where I, I remembered the chorus from uh, from Cambridge, and I could see it coming. And I was just like, I'm just gonna have to carry on. And I looked out of the corner of my eye, and as the chorus started, my son went and just turned and looked straight at me. So I'm like staring at you, like keeping completely straight. I can't see him in the corner of my eyes. I've, and yeah, I've got I had no to sympathy. Six, 16 plus is the recommended age. You can do what you want before then. So, so my question is, why, was he singing along too, or was he just horrified he couldn't sing in front of you? I don't look. <laughs> yeah, there uh, was. Uh, I mean, it's with that attitude was was. If someone was bring along kids, they know these words. It's uh, it's all fine. Someone in Dublin or Belfast, I think it was, brought along a six-year-old. Oh, good. Wow. <laughs> and we were we just Fiona had been out front. She said, "They've got there's a six-year-old there," and we went, "Absolutely not." No. <laughs> so I told Magic I had to go and just say that no, we you have a refund, but you cannot bring a six-year-old in yeah. imagine if you had to tame it but, tame the whole show for that one kid yeah well that's the thing that's the thing it's, it's, it is not appropriate for a, no. for a six-year-old by and, any stretch of imagination i look i love the idea of that six-year-old going to school the day after and singing um wank 23 times to the chorus of blinding lights yeah um, yeah i just like every t- um it, it's not one of my favourite songs, but you have um, you have meant that every time I hear it, I don't hear the original words. Yeah, I now um, hear about hating Stevie White. 
I've no idea what the original words are now. Absolutely no idea. <laughs> Can I just say as well, I, I'd never heard, obviously, that song before I went to Cambridge. Yeah. It's so incredibly easy to join in on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a massive hit, not for us. But, um, but, but yeah, yeah. No, it is, it is good. Um, and it was quite fun having a little sing song at the end and, and doing that. I mean, I cannot sing, but luckily Alfie, who was with us, is a musician, so he knew what he was doing. <laughs> Well, I mean, the, the 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 final question on that is um, obviously you wrote the the lyrics to that. Um, I'm just wondering if you've written your speech for the Grammys or the Ivan Novello Awards yet. It's um... I, I'm mad that it hasn't come through the invite. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's because I moved house last year and we just gone to the old place or something like that. But I'm sure I'll, 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 it'll be ready to go. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, I'm, I'm just waiting for the weekend to contact you to do a collaboration with him, so... That'd be good, wouldn't it? That's what we build the podcast so big that we can join us on stage to sing Neil White, Stevie White. Wow, that would just be that would just be incredible. So, yeah, um, th- there is one more thing that uh, I need to say about the live show is that um, at Cambridge and Belfast um, in the Q and A, I put my hand up uh, to ask a question, and I didn't get selected. So I'm going to ask you the question now. Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. So the question is. A question that was given to me at Cambridge by your brother, Laurie. Okay. Okay. And the question is, I've got it written here, so I'm going to read it word for word. Yeah. Is it true that you once got a kid called kicked out of scout camp for alleging he was a paedophile? No, it's not true. It's not exactly true. There is some truth to it, like all good stories. I don't think he got kicked out. I think he might have got moved tense. <laughs> okay. I don't think that's the, uh, the the pertinent point of this that, on that story. I think the pertinent part of that is that um, why did you allege that was a paedophile? Um, um, and, what, 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 and how? Yeah, it's a bit hard to tell the story if you include his name. <laughs> don't, so worry, don't, be- don't, don't, don't worry. Don't worry, Robbie, right? His name will not make it out because we've got a really good clown... Okay. Clown car horn that we bleep things out. Perfect. I mean, the boring thing is, I don't really remember it very well. Laurie remembers it more than me. <laughs> I think it was just, I think he was being a bit weird. And we just sort of <laughs> made, That's generally made enough, stuff up. I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I honestly, I'm, I'm not just trying to get out of it. I genuinely don't remember it very well, but Laurie is reminded of it. And, and it rings a vague bell, but I can't remember the details of it. We can exclusively reveal that. Um, Real name redacted yeah. is not a paedophile. It was just a rumor that a young Robbie Knox <laughs> threw out there, um, yeah, for no other reason than he was that than than the victim was a little bit weird. It was a different time as well, um, <laughs> because um, like my brother, I don't know if he's told you this story, and you can check with him whether he's happy to have it in here. But he he used to play for a football team called. Again, <laughs> you might have to bleep this so that we don't, mm. you don't yeah, get sued. Yeah. Um, but there was a coach there who was apparently a paedophile oh and my mum drove in there and said okay i can't remember don't get don't get left alone in the change room with name redacted okay stay away from him (laughs) can you imagine that now (laughs) (laughs) by the way that guy's a paedophile so try not to get shagged by him Try not to get molested, right? <laughs> I mean, that is really putting the pressure on the, the child. Is the subline on that? He's a, he's a really good coach, though. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's so good. He's a genius. I don't think he was. I think he's just just any coach, and people were just a bit more tolerant. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, 
I, I'm not going to not take you to football practice, but can you look a bit uglier than you, you normally do? Do you know what I mean? Can, yeah, you, can, can, you, just, can you just not as pretty? Can you not look <laughs> as pretty as you normally do when you go to football practice? I had a teacher at school um, who, I don't know if this is the content you want for your Oh, it's all good. I had a teacher at school, um, and you can't, I will name him, Bruce Roth. Because it's all factually correct, you can find it out on the internet. Um, but he was uh, a paedophile. But but before, my memory of him at school, we went on a school trip to the Ardèche in France, canoeing or whitewater rafting or something like that. And he he was there. I remember in the evening he was talking to us, and he told us that he sang backing vocals on the House Martins' Caravan of Love. And at the time, I believed him because I was a kid. Oh, wow, that's cool. But obviously... As I grew up, I realised, well, of course he didn't, because he's a teacher in Rochester, in Kent. How is he going to have sung backing vocals on the House Martin's Caravan of Love? And it always annoyed me about him. And I was like, why would you lie to kids? How weird do you have to be? <laughs> so then, then I've seen the paper, this whole thing, that he's been arrested for at a different school for sex crimes. He eventually got um, sent to prison for, I think it was like seven years or something. It's a pretty hefty mm. sentence. Um and and there's a full page article in the Times about this guy. I was reading it through, I was thinking, and I was so annoyed at him. Like, not I wasn't happy that he was a paedophile, so I was so annoyed about him making this up. <laughs> and I read this whole thing. It's about all the things he did. It was terrible and all this sort of stuff. And it got to like the last paragraph. It said Roth, who was a student in Hull uh? in the 1980s, <laughs> sung backing vocals <laughs> on the house. <laughs> Sorry, I owe this man an apology. <laughs> I have been besmirching his good name. Yeah. Well, not like a good name, but name. Uh, uh, do you know what? Some things yeah. you can accept an apology for. The, the yeah. whole kiddie fiddling thing, that, that, that's fine. But lying to you about... Yeah, I mean, you know, had, just... had that have been a lie, that would have been unforgivable. I really misjudged his character. <laughs> so just to... Um, just to finish off the uh, the conversation about the tour, hmm. um, I'm going to um, I'm going to use that old uh, that old saying of uh, what goes on tour gets told on somebody else's podcast. So, <laughs> ah, yes. So yeah, yeah, that old chestnut. <laughs> yep. um, so, what's the weirdest thing that happened on that tour? Occasionally, a girl would want you to sign her boobs or something, and. No, I, remember, the time, yeah. I remember. <laughs> I remember. I mean, it's quite rare, but occasionally, I remember um, seeing some girl um, uh, and she said to Jack, "Jack, you saw my boobs." He was going, he's going um, "Yeah, you're right, that fiend." And she said, "Yeah." She goes to sign it, and I just heard Alfie shout, "Ask her age, Jack." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine, thank you. How That's old? A very are you? good point. Yeah, so yeah, because it is not a hard and fast sixteen-year-old. He's, he's key to check those ages. <laughs> So yeah, we uh, we mentioned uh, Soccer AM um, yes. before, um, and firstly, um, I'm in quite an awkward situation here because um, we have uh, our, our listenership is uh, is pretty much like you know forty percent USA, forty percent UK, and then like Canada, Australia, and things. Like that. And I'm at pains on regular on a regular basis to explain that it's called football, not soccer. Um, and now I'm about to explain that a a TV show that has been around for 28 years is an institution that is coming to an end this weekend or last weekend, if you're listening to this now. Um, it's called Soccer AM. So that's that's quite an awkward thing. 
Yeah, it was called that before we got there, so I don't know what the thought process was. <laughs> I love that. You were like, it, it, it wasn't me, wasn't me. Didn't, didn't touch it. No, but before even Tim or Helen were on it sort of thing, it was at the beginning, Sky had named this thing Soccer AM, yeah. I, there's, um, and I know you, because um, I've done some research today, because like I say, I was feeling the pressure. Model pro. Um, that you were you were on the show from 2000 to 2007, correct? Yes. Yeah, yes. so I left yeah. essentially when Tim Lovejoy left. Yes. Um which means that I was on the show before you. Uh, I was a Berry fan. Um, right. in I still am. Yeah. Um, that um, that was uh, one of the fans of the week. I don't think anybody like everybody's getting kind of like reminiscent about Soccer AM because it is coming to an end. Um, and I don't think anybody would dispute that that period was like the heyday of it. When like Tim and Helen and it was like everybody watched it. Um, on a Saturday morning, um, and you know, it was it's a great for for those that don't know the show. It's a great combination of um, chat, comedy, um, music. Like introduced like really cool music to a lot of people. Um, Did you enjoy that. coming on? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, and just to, I, I mean, I'm fascinated by TV. I love um, uh, Baz and I did a, a TV show with Richard Hammond, a couple of episodes of that. Can we just say um, an underwhelming year. TV show? <laughs> it was a phenomenal TV show. Um, the, the, in terms of like, we're, we're not the TV company. We don't care that not many people watched it. That's not, that's Doesn't okay. Matter, but, yeah. but yeah, to, but I love like seeing the behind the scenes things. And I always wanted to do a similar sort of thing to you and, and work in TV. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. And I remember one of the, one of my best memories of that show was, and I've mentioned this before, um, on, um, on this podcast and another podcast is that, um, the guest, the day I was on was Tony Robinson. So I'm a massive, um, massive As fan. Yes, yeah, exactly. yeah. I, he's bold. He's not time team or anything like nah. that. He's bold. I'm a massive Blackadder fan. Um, and to have to meet him, and there was one moment where he, as a joke, because he, I think he's a Swindon fan from memory, or Bristol City, I think it is. So he, 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 as a joke, he came over and like pretended to get into a bit of like football fisticuffs with us. So he jumped on top of us all, and I was, and this is this is this is a line not many people can say. I was punching Baldrick's ass live on television. That's great. You see, I, I, he never came on when I was there, but I've seen bits of that episode there so i would have seen you on on, on the show there we go look at that look at that my friend is a Luton fan and the day he was on there it was the rock <laughs> so, oh wow wow <laughs> yeah is, that would have been after is, my time i've been the rock so. either yeah <laughs> like i say if people don't know about the show it is um it is a, 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 a i don't think it's over egging it to say it is an institution oh, in, a, in, in a certain you know in a certain group of people um so many people um remember it fondly i'm honored to say that um we have a a dance off winner 2002 yes. in the midst yeah. Yeah, how great. much not just the dance off but how much fun was it working on that show? Because even, I mean, I saw a little bit of it when I was there and I could see behind the scenes, but even as a viewer, it just looked like the best fun to, to, to work on. It was, it was incredibly hard work, incredibly long hours. And there were times where we were just, you'd be miserable like, during the week. And because there's a lot, a lot to do. It wasn't, it wasn't always the most supportive environment at times. Um, but then you would do the show and it would go really well. And then you'd 
be sat in the pub watching the Manchester derby with Noel Gallagher or something like that. And you go, Joe, what? This is an incredible, what an incredible thing. And I remember at the time thinking, when I stopped doing this, this is a thing that in 20 years time, people are still going to be talking to me about. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, I, 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 I appreciated at the time how good it was and how, how impactful it was. And it did, it, I, I genuinely, I don't, I'm not overly sort of boastful about anything. I do really sort of thing, but I do think it did change the way sport television was done in Britain. Like before the, the music that we had on was just good music. Yeah. Like, whereas before, if there was a, a song would be relevant to what's happening. So mm. if you won the league, they put it to, we are the champions. Yeah. Or they use Republican ready to go every single time a match started. <laughs> yeah. So we, things like that. It was a campaign that we did that ended up with the badge on the England shirt. It was, um, a lot, we, we were, I think, probably the, the first show that I saw on TV anyway that was using mobile phone clips for things. I think Tim, to his credit, was always ahead of the curve mm. on these things. Um, and 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 yeah, I think it, I think it had an incredible cultural impact. Yeah, well, I also think it changed the way that films, um, TV programs were filmed because that was a forerunner of you know, interacting with the crew and uh, and bringing in the audience and having sort of like you know out you know because obviously with the the bit where you go out the back and you do you take the penalties, there's there's not like, even Top Gear ripped off loads of that with the sort of stuff they did, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, I guess there was like. TFI Friday, they sort of yeah. had Will the Producer, didn't they? And and Big Breakfast was a bit of that sort of style of thing. But we sort of really took it to the other level that everyone was just dressing up and stuff like in, in yeah, yeah. like a bizarre Amdraft sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think we took it to a, a, a certain level of it. But I, th- I think, yeah, I think I think it's it was of its time. I think some bits haven't aged particularly well. Some bits at the time I didn't think were particularly... <laughs> um, aging well at the time, so God knows what I like now. But I, I think it, it was it was genuinely positive. Something mm. not everything was right, but I think it was it was it was sort of glass half full, optimistic. We didn't take the piss out. We didn't pounce down on people. Yeah. Um, for example, I think the, the way I think we did things was I remember someone doing a horrific dive. And we would, rather than go, that's a horrendous dive, like it was ridiculous, um, we'd be like, we'd want to show it, but we'd say, this is the worst foul we've seen, this guy should be banned from football for this. Sort of thing. <laughs> Just take the other, the other approach for it. So yeah, not, yeah. To, not doing the obvious thing and not hammering someone who's going to be being hammered by everyone else anyway. Sort of thing. So, yeah. So you mentioned, uh, you mentioned there um, going for a drink after the show with uh, with Noel Gallagher, mm. which is you know, as somebody who I know is into uh, into that kind of music, just that that must be right up there. But is there a, like what other what other moments will you take from uh, from from your experiences on Soccer AM? I mean, the sort of standout things. I mean, that, that I went to know. I mean, I was when I was a kid, I was into Oasis and Liverpool Football Club were the two things I was really into, and. <laughs> I had one week where I went to watch Oasis on the Sunday at Clapham Grand, so a small place in London. I was lucky enough to get there. And I was towards the back sort of thing. It was a lot of industry people, but there were fans who bought tickets as well. It was a proper gig. But um, And there was a woman in front of me 
It sounds like I'm being just sexist and that. She was literally texting her friend about shopping while they were playing Live Forever. It was like, this is one of the best songs ever. Mm. So I was like, come on. I was with my mate Jim who used to do a, an Oasis website when he was younger. And, and I, said, I said, come on, we've got to get to the front. So we pushed it down away to the front. And I'd met Noel a few times from Soccer AM, but I'd never met Liam. And I knew he watched... I knew he watched Soccer AM. Yeah. Um, and I got right to what we got fairly close to the front because it's not that big a venue. And they, just before they started playing, they started playing Wonderwall. And right in the in this sort of intro, Liam just sort of looked at it. All right, lad, how are you doing? And I, and I said to her, Jim, I went, I went, I think that was Liam talking to me. <laughs> and he was like, shut up. He wasn't talking to you. I said, he kind of looked right at me. And I know he watches Soccer AM. And he's he going, Get over yourself. Absolutely no way. <laughs> and I'd seen Noel look up to see who he was talking to, see me and start laughing. And I was, I was I, he definitely was talking to me. And he went, no, no, he wasn't. So the song finished and Liam walks off stage and Noel's going to do Don't Look Back at Anger. And just before he does it, he leans into the microphone and just goes, well, 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 Robbie Knox. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going, I was going, right, Joe, going, maybe it's different Robbie Knox. Maybe that guy's called Robbie Knox. <laughs> And he was going, this is both the best and worst moment of my life. Um, so that was on the Sunday. On Wednesday, I got to go as a guest of PlayStation to watch Liverpool win the Champions League final in Istanbul after being 3-0 down to AC Milan. Best, so game, that was, best game ever. Yeah, so that was that was like that was the Sunday, then that was the Wednesday. And I saw I met my, my brother, I took, went to a gig on the Thursday as soon as I got back. And he was going, You're having all your childhood dreams coming true, aren't you? He said, he said, what are you doing tomorrow night? I said, well, I don't know, but by the week so far, I'm probably going to be banging the girl from my two dads. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a very, very specific um, age of person. I'll get it. I've told that same story, I've told that same story on Happy Hour. They did not understand. I thought, here, they got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. The, the, the demographic of the three of us is very different. Yeah. So, it's, uh... so, 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 so I think so. Things like that were incredible. I got to go to three Champions League finals. I got to went to Noel Gallagher's 40th birthday party. When I, I'm the first goalkeeper to win a trophy at Wembley Stadium, the new Wembley Stadium, because we had a we got to play there on the first day they opened it as a community day. Um, we did so many amazing things and had met so many interesting people from who excel in all different walks of life and it was an incredible job to do my 20s absolutely no way i'd want to do it now but in my 20s it was a great job to have i feel like we should have like a minute silence for soccer am but that doesn't work on a podcast so just pretend we've done that let's do a minute's applause so if you're listening to this at home um the podcast's going to finish now but i would like you to clap for a minute um in memory of uh, soccer am which uh, finished last saturday before we go um we need to say thank you so much uh robbie uh for being on i've had a great time really appreciate um you giving up your time to do this for us thanks everyone for listening and we will see you next time Mike? Yeah? Do you think anyone's still listening? I don't know, probably not. If they are, where can they find us? Thanks for asking, Baz. That's a great question. The best way to find us is to go to the website at daddancer.co.uk forward slash podcast and the links to everything are there.